Hello, I'm Dango Rose, and you're listening to the Mountaineer Podcast in conjunction with the Mountaineer Newspaper, the voice of the peak to peak online and in print. Brought to you by Mountain Vale Media. Now, listen in for the show. Hello, my name is Jamie Lammers, and today I have a very special guest for you. She is probably most well-known for her role as Shelley Tambo on the hit 90s show Northern Exposure. Please welcome Cynthia Geary. I'm Cynthia Geary. Hi. I wanted to briefly start. You have a new show coming up soon, is that correct? I do. It's actually streaming right now on Pure Flix. It's called Going Home. We did six episodes and you can find it on the Pure Flix app. Pure Flix is owned by Sony. What I mainly wanted to talk about today was your background in acting, your background in singing, leading into Northern Exposure and the community that formed from there. I read on your Wikipedia entry that you went to the University of Mississippi. Yes. And you got a vocal degree there. Yes. What made you decide to go into singing as a kid? What intrigued you about the process? And what made you ultimately change and decide, oh, I, I want to do acting as well? My mom is a music teacher, or was. My mom is 90 now. So I grew up singing. I like to think that it wasn't nepotism, but I actually think it was. I starred in all the musicals, and I sang in the church choir. She was a church choir director, and I loved performing. And then I was offered a vocal performance scholarship to the University of Mississippi. So I majored in music there, which leads me to why I shifted to acting. I realized once I was majoring in music, I decided that I probably wouldn't make it as a singer. You study classical music when you major in music, and I was singing opera and art songs. And it became pretty clear to me that A, I didn't love it, and B, I wasn't all that good at it, probably because I didn't love it, but I love being a performer. And so I asked my parents to let me go to summer school at UCLA my junior year, and they agreed. I was the youngest of four kids. So by that time, they were kind of like, oh, okay, you could do that. And I went to summer school at UCLA with the idea that I was going to start studying acting. And I found a pretty great acting coach and was studying acting. And by the end of the summer, I called my parents and said, I can't come home. You'll kill my soul. I'm going to be an actor. And to my parents' credit, they said, okay, but you got to get your degree and you're going to have to support yourself. And I said, okay. And the rest is history. I mean, clearly you had 
an affinity for acting early on as well with musicals and stuff. I did. I did. And you didn't ask this question, but we'll probably get there. I was really fortunate in LA to have kind of the Hollywood story. I was studying and studying hard. I mean, that was one thing I spent every penny I made waiting tables and stuff on acting classes, but I was waiting tables at this kind of high-end Mexican restaurant. And I happened to have a couple come in. And one of the things at this restaurant is we had to open the wine with this special wine opener that's a two-pronged opener. And you had to hold the wine in your left hand and pull the cork out with your right hand. And you couldn't put the bottle on the table. You were supposed to hold it in front of the table. And I could not do it. It was just impossible for me to, I was too uncoordinated to do it. So I ran back into the kitchen and got one of my friends who's been a leading casting director for the last 30 years. But at the time we were both waiting tables. And I asked him to go to my table and open the wine for me because he could do it. Mm -hmm. And so he did. And I stood next to him kind of chatting with this couple and I found out it was her birthday. And so I sent her free flan, which we did for anybody. But anyway, she thought that was great. And at the end of the dinner, she asked me if I was an actress because everybody who's a waiter in LA is an actor. And I said, yes. And she said, well, here's my card. Why don't you call me and come into my office and bring all your tape? And I was like, great. So then I looked her up and realized she was with a prominent management company and they handled big stars. And her husband was a producer with another prominent company. And so I was like, okay, wow, this is awesome. I got to get my tape. I had done some commercials and the only dramatic acting tape I had was I was on this show. It was a quote unquote reality show called Divorce Court. Just so you guys know, sorry, none of this stuff is real. I mean, maybe some of it, but it's scripted. All these things that you think, I don't know, maybe The Bachelor is real, but a lot of it is scripted. So I had played this character that oddly enough was a younger woman married to this older man who is like a scientist or something. And we were on divorce court. And so I went into her office, gave her the tape and she watched it. She's like, okay, we're going to burn this, but I'm going to sign you because I like you. And I think you have something special. Special. So she did, and she got me with an agent, and I booked Northern Exposure about three months later. Amazing. And then I was moved to the Pacific Northwest. So I wasn't in Hollywood long enough to really be a part of Hollywood. Aside from Divorce Court, wasn't Northern <laughs> Exposure like your first show? It was. Yeah. I really hadn't done much. I mean, like I said, I had done commercials and I had done this pilot that didn't get picked up for BBC for kind of a kid's sci-fi space show where they actually flew us to London to shoot at Pinewood Studios which was super cool. It didn't go anywhere, but that was it. So Northern Exposure was definitely my first real serious series acting role as far as, you know, go to work every day. And and it was great because I got to go to work with John Cullum, the Tony winning, amazing, most generous, kind, lovely man in the world. And I just learned so much from everybody around me. And a lot of us were new. I mean, hadn't done a lot of series. I don't think Darren and John Corbett and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think they had done a lot of series work either, but it was an amazing experience. You'd done a few movies before then too, though, right? Or was Northern Exposure kind of like the thing? It was definitely the thing. I mean, maybe like little one-liners in a couple of things. I got to do a pilot with Michael Landon, Little Joe from Bonanza, which was really cool. But 
a tiny part, but yeah, Northern Exposure was definitely my first real consistent job. I think where I kind of wanted to lead this into like the peak to peak sensibilities and all that, because we're so used to small towns in the area of peak to peak. It's not just Netherland, it's also Central City and Jamestown and Gilpin. And there are these small towns kind of scattered throughout the area yeah. that all have these really tight knit communities. It just so happens that I was centered in Netherland for a lot of it. Netherland um, sounds amazing. I'd love to visit. Oh, Oh yeah, Netherlands great. I love Netherlands so much. What was it like for you being able to shoot in Roslyn, Washington and be able to kind of form a tight-knit community with the cast and possibly with other people outside of that? Well, it was a magical experience. Like I said, I got moved from LA to Bellevue, Washington, where I still live because I loved it and it was so beautiful. We actually shot all the interiors of Northern Exposure in a warehouse in Bellevue, Washington that sits at the end of this lake that I live on. Then we'd go to Roslyn about three days an episode to shoot all of our exteriors. And Roslyn is just like it looks on TV. The town of Sicily in Northern Exposure is actually Roslyn, Washington. And it was an old mining town that really had not a lot of business or industry when we came to shoot there because logging and mining had stopped. But the brick bar is a real brick bar. That's legit. And it's there and people go there and it's been there forever. And the people in the town were super welcoming. And as far as the cast and the community, so we were all moved from LA or New York. Rob and Janine were in New York at the time and none of us knew anyone. They put us all in these furnished apartments that were in the same building complex the first season. So we did kind of hang out together because we didn't know anybody else. And it was great for us because we we did form a sense of community and I I also think at that time in television, I mean, Northern Exposure was so cutting edge in so many ways as far as TV and our show creators, Josh Brand and John Palsy were just so innovative. All the things that we take for granted now, they did on this show. But we were also one of the first to shoot on location. TV shows didn't do that before this. And because of that, we never saw the network execs or the suits and stuff. We only saw them at the Emmys and at award shows. So we were kind of left alone to make our show, which was beautiful and wonderful because I've since then had worked on other shows where you sit at a table every week and you do what's called a table read and you read the script and then every exec has to give their feedback. Oh, I think she should do it a little more like this, or we should change that line or this or that. And I feel like a lot of times that takes away the magic of when you're on the set and you're real. I mean, I think that we were fortunate that nobody thought it was going to be a hit. And so we were kind of left alone to make this show, especially the first couple of seasons. We didn't really see executives very much. So it was just kind of like, we're just making this show. And it was fun. And you argued at one point that I must have found it in an interview somewhere that Cicely really was the star of the show in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, even now we still have reunion things with fans 30 years later that come to Roslyn and visit. And I've met many of them and they're just amazing people. But I think one of the things that resonates with everybody is how special this town was and that you have all these different characters with different backgrounds. I mean, you have the astronaut, Maurice, and Holling, who's the Canadian trapper, and me, who's this 18-year-old Canadian beauty queen. And 
you've got Maggie, who's the pilot, and Joel from New York City. And we're all so completely different, but we still care about each other and everybody roots for each other. I mean, it's kind of amazing, I think, today to have a show like that that's very positive, but it's not sappy at all. The characters genuinely cared about each other and want the best for each other, even though they get into disagreements and Maurice might be materialistic or egotistic and Joel might be condescending, but we still, in the end, care about what happens to each other and everyone's heart is ultimately in a good place. And you mentioned the fan reunions and you mentioned how great it is to still have that community. And I think for a while, even Netherland kind of connected itself to Sicily for a bit in regards to how the town kind of functions as a whole. What are your thoughts on the fact that Northern Exposure as a show all this time later is still able to resonate with people in that way? I think it's wonderful. And I really do think it was a unique, special show. I have to say, I can't understand why it's not streaming somewhere. I mean, you can't right now find the show anywhere. And there's issues with the rights. Universal Studios owns it. And there was talk about doing a reboot show. Josh Brand was going to write the pilot, but it didn't happen a couple of years ago for a variety of reasons that I probably don't even know. But I do think it's super unique and special. We had our 30-year reunion a couple of years ago. And the most touching thing to me was there were parents who brought their kids, who've introduced their kids to the show, and like three generations that watched the show together. They had a costume contest where you dressed up like your favorite character. And, you know, it was like three generations of Shelley's down to a little girl who was like 10 years old who had all oh watched the show. And I thought that was so sweet. And the other thing that I think has touched me so much about doing this show and just being an actor in general, and I'm finding that with my new show too. I had someone that I met a couple of weeks ago who quoted a line from the show from the episode Burning Down the House about, and now I can't even quote it, I can't remember, but it was about Maggie, don't wait until your house burns down to do what you want to do and be who you want to be. And this person was saying, you know, that really resonated with me at that time of my life. And I think the show was so well written that there were so many things that resonated with people. And that's pretty special, too, because I think we're in people's homes. At that time, you couldn't stream. And once a week, we're in their homes. And I've had people come to me and say, I was going through a really rough time in my life. And Northern Exposure was so important to me. I waited for Thursday night to watch the show or Monday night when we aired. I think we switched at the end or people are like, that's when I was in law school or that's when I got married. And this show was important to me for this reason. And it's pretty cool and special. I think this was just mainly a question that I just was curious about in regards to the show. You actually got to combine your singing and acting backgrounds in the episode Old Tree when Shelly is all of a sudden afflicted with this thing where she has to sing. She can no longer talk. Yeah. How was that being able to actually kind of demonstrate that background too and be like, yeah, I can do this too? It was awesome. The way that came about is they wanted to do, again, Northern Exposure, this is before anybody had ever done anything like this, wanted to do an opera with the whole cast or the whole cast musical. And John Cullum is a Tony Award winner singer. And really everybody in the cast 
could sing, but they didn't even know that. It was just an idea and a concept. And they came up and our music director, David Schwartz, auditioned everybody. And we all sang with him to the piano. And they were like, yeah, everybody in the cast can sing. And we're going to do this musical. And it was going to be awesome. And then I think they realized it was just too much work. And it wasn't going to happen in the amount of time it had to happen within budget. So it got edited down. And I think I won the lottery because I got to be the singer in the show and it was a blast. It was so much fun. I mean, that would have been cool too, though. Yeah, it would have been. Well, John Cullum sang a few times in the show too, and he's incredible. Is there anything just in general that you wanted to add about your experiences on Northern Exposure, your experiences in a smaller town, or even anything about going home? Just anything in general you want to add? You know, I would just say that I related a lot to this small town feeling. I grew up in Jackson, Mississippi, which is not as small as Sicily or Roslyn. But I think I did have the same experience as far as my community that I grew up in. I knew all my friends' parents and grandparents and brothers and sisters, and we all knew each other forever. And you have that history where you go back and I still do. I'm still really close to my friends that I went to elementary school, high school, college at Ole Miss. You know, I'm looking at, we have a group text that we talk every day still. And there's eight of us. And the same with my family. I'm the youngest of four kids. And I know the beauty of growing up in a town like that is that people stay and generations stay. And so I know my brothers and sisters friends. I know their parents because their parents are my parents' friends and we know their kids. And now my family spans four generations. There's great grandchildren and my parents are in their nineties and we go back and celebrate holidays together. My brothers still live in Jackson, Mississippi with their families and my sister lives in Atlanta. And it's, I think the most amazing, special feeling to be able to have that network of people that know you so well. And that I think my friends there are more like family. I don't know whether we'd be friends now if we met. We've had totally different lives and everybody's done different things, but because we grew up together. I know they have my back and I love them. And they're more like my sisters and probably the friends that I would meet now as an adult. I just feel like they're my family. And I think that's another thing that I think is similar to Northern Exposure and Sicily is that you have these people that are so different and from different backgrounds, completely different, but somehow they all have this common thing and it's being from this small town and caring about it. And it makes them care about each other and accept each other. You know, just thinking off the top of my head, there's just one more really random question that I can't help but ask. Did anybody get to see the intro as it was shot? Or was that oh, just kind with of... With the moose? Yeah, with the moose, the yeah. The actors were not there when they shot with Morty the moose. But I heard a lot of stories because moose, you can't train. And mm. Morty was a young moose. And they literally, it was kind of random. They had to chase him around and block off the streets because we had a great animal trainer, and Gordon who was there, but it wasn't a trained moose. And so right. nobody really knew what it was going to do. And the camera just tried to set up in different spots and get Morty walking around the town. And moose can be dangerous too. We had a lot of animals in the show. And the other thing that I think is great about Northern Exposure, this is totally not what you asked, but I love that they brought in the 
Native American spiritual aspect. I mean, it's so cool. Everything about it made the show. I mean, again, it's so cutting edge that before No Other Exposure, you never saw what people were thinking or went into their minds. And they did that on No Other Exposure. You'd actually have dream sequences. And um, we had a show one time when I saw dancers everywhere (laughs) on the street and things like that. And it just, you didn't do that on television. I mean, now we're kind of more used to that. But I mean, they just brought in so many interesting aspects from nature and Native American culture and spiritual. And then two of our exact writers were Russian PhD literature experts. So they brought in that aspect too. It was a really amazing thing to be a part of. Yeah, I think those are all the big questions that I had. Cool, great, Jamie. And I really appreciate you taking the time to do this interview. This was awesome. Oh, thanks. uh, Well, I hope it turns out. Thank you so, so much, Cynthia, for coming on board and joining us for the podcast. This was an incredible interview. If you want to see her in a brand new show, be sure to check out Going Home, streaming now only on Pure Flix. And that's it for our show. Subscribe online to get access to more news, weekly updates to our community calendar, and a link to our YouTube channel by visiting themountaineer.com. Be sure to use the coupon code PODCAST when subscribing for a 10% discount, only available to our listeners. I'm Dango Rose. Thank you for listening.